You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast that encourages mindfulness, gratitude, and hopefully an occasional laugh. I'm Mark Reed, a former college professor and lawyer. Now I live in the countryside of Japan, make traditional Japanese paper, and try to make myself and the world a little better today than it was yesterday. I'm here twice a week, either with research and observations or talking with inspiring, artistic, and influential people. The idea is to bring some calm and kindness to the world and help you do the same. Hey, here we are. Uh, today, the I'm going to start with the title of the episode before I introduce my guest, just to get you excited about uh, with anticipation here. Uh, that, and that is the importance of being a moderately confident weirdo. <laughs> I have an expert on this topic. And, uh, and I mean that in a, as a compliment in the highest regard. Uh, Azif Mustafa joins me today from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Azif is a, uh, a dynamic, a fantastic speaker, a two-time uh, TEDx Talks speaker. I'll put those links in the description of the show. Uh, one was titled, uh, How to Rediscover the Innovator Within You. And the other is called, To Be the Best, Be a Weirdo. I love that. I, I got no problem with that. <laughs> uh, Azif has a unique mix of corporate startup and government leadership experience. He spent a decade as an entrepreneur, starting up and acquiring the funding for several companies. He later had a variety of governmental roles, which, among other things, led to the creation of a new governmental agency in Malaysia called the Malaysian Innovation Foundation. He was engaged by another government entity to start Malaysia's first week, week-long festival of ideas. He's currently the head of culture uh, transformation and employee, enga employee engagement at Cellcom. He, he's a big deal, folks. But to me, after all of those accolades, I probably like this best about him. He self-described on his LinkedIn bio as the kindness advocate and culture guy. Heck yeah. That's pretty much a description for this show. I, I could subtitle this show, Zen Sandwich, the kindness advocate and culture podcast. So, welcome to the program. Welcome home, Azif Mustafa. Hey, thank you so much, Mark. I, I feel like I am coming home. Thank you so much <laughs> for the introduction. <laughs> well, I, I was inspired by you, Azif. Um, I listened to your TED Talk, and, and, and recently you had a post where you discussed a, a Harvard Business Review article entitled, Less Confident People Are More Successful. And I, I mean, I know you don't you don't want to have low self-esteem, but you don't want to be overconfident either. So my, my first question to you, my first two-part question, one is what's the danger in being overconfident? And two, how do we find the balance? How do we find that Goldilocks uh, right amount of confidence? Right. Uh, well, according to this study by Dr. Thomas, he says that people who are overconfident, too much confidence, you know, dialed up too much, uh, end up not listening to other people because they're just supremely confident and they don't listen to criticism. They kind of are so full of themselves that they don't really work too hard. They don't get themselves ready uh, to face what they need to face. And uh, people also kind of call them arrogant. And like I said in my post, I've been guilty of all three uh, throughout my life. Uh, so your next part of the question is something I'm still trying to figure out. It's, you know, it's that sweet spot right. that, that's hard to come by, you know, because uh, all of us have this inherent belief that you need 
to kind of have confidence in yourself or you won't, you're not going to get up from bed or you're not going to try that something that you need to do. Uh, but, you know, coming across as too overconfident is, according to this study, detrimental to you. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I too have, I, well, I've erred on both sides of the line. I mean, there have been times when I'm, you know, I'm not feeling it. I don't, you know, I don't have the, you know, the, the energy, the flow or whatever. And then there are two, sometimes I think too, too highly of myself. Um, I, case in point, you know, I, uh, I went to law school, um, back in, uh, in 2006 to 2009, I went to Syracuse, but I applied, uh, a year before, uh, my application to Syracuse. I, uh, I applied to Columbia. Uh, I don't know if I applied to Yale. I applied to Georgetown. I applied to, you know, all these like top tier law schools. And I was just like, mm, which one am I going to go to? Well, none of them. I got denied. I was 0 for 8. I had to sit out a year. And, um, but, uh, but, you know, it was a life lesson. I'm glad, you know, ultimately glad it happened. I, it just made me more determined. And then the next year, I'm like, all right, all right, let's come back down to earth. You know, let me put Michigan State, Louisville, Syracuse, you know, all these on the, and then I was eight. No, I got into all of them, you know? So, um, yeah, anyway, I, I, I still struggle to where's the right, where's the right balance. Where's the balance. Yeah. Uh, and I play a little bit of basketball and, uh, you know, organized ball is fun especially for someone my age. <laughs> and when you play in a non-age group <laughs> tournament, that's even more fun because people just run rings around you, right? But this balance of, you were saying, when you get in the flow and you're in the zone, I mean, it's amplified on the court, right? Because if you don't feel it, nothing, you can't sink a single shot. But when you get overconfident, you start taking these ridiculous shots, you can't make a single one of them anyway. So there is really, you have a, a short time to find that balance on the court. And it's, it's really amplified. But the same lessons, I think, are you know, played out in real life as well. Because you can go to a meeting just feeling down and not having any confidence, not speaking up at all, and not getting what you wanted to get out of that meeting. Or you could come across as this jerk who's just so full of himself. So there really needs to be this 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 balance. But uh, having said that, Mark, you know some people just can pull it off, right? Some yeah. people can have, you know. But again, sports. Uh, I don't know if you 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 follow the UFC or, or MMA, but uh, somebody like uh, McGregor was so supremely confident and he yeah. was on top of the world and he thought he could do anything but obviously he can't because he got right. choked out and he tapped out and you know he was just too too full of himself i yeah. guess that that's got to be a tough i've had two mma guys on on the show two oh, wow. yeah two older ones i don't know if you uh they were big names at, at the time uh ensign in a way and uh ryan bow and um wow. Yeah, um, Ensign actually beat um, Mark Coleman. I, he beat like oh, a wow. yeah, superbly big name. But uh, but yeah, I think that that would if you're in that field, it's got to be kind of you had to be like super <laughs> arrogant in that if you're in that arena, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. you're literally thinking I'm I can beat up everybody. But uh, uh, well, I, I want to go to your your TED talk. Uh, to be the best, be a weirdo, and in it you. You talk about Steve Jobs, uh, Igor Stravinsky, uh, even uh, Sir Isaac Newton. Uh, some of them were rude. 
or in Steve Jobs' case, smelly. Uh, Stravinsky would stand on his head. Uh, ben Franklin would uh, would take a one hour naked air bath. So what 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 are you trying to tell us? What what do we need to do? We need to take a, a naked air bath every morning. <laughs> I think you, you really everybody needs to look within themselves and find what it is that they're about because uh, you know you can't like follow someone and say I think it's a good idea to take a naked air bath. <laughs> but uh, but a lot of people find that lifestyle to be beneficial to who they are. They live in these communities where that is acceptable. Um, so it's all about being yourself because every single person on this earth, all the billions of us are unique and, and God just created every single person different. Uh, and the, the longer we try and the harder we try to, uh, fit in and try to be somebody we're not, it's just, it's just pain. You know, it's a waste of time. It's inefficient. And what I wanted to get across is, it doesn't, it doesn't um, make you unique. It doesn't put you above other people because competition is everywhere, right? People want to find who's the best person to work on this particular job, who's the best candidate to fill this vacancy. And if you don't have something that is uniquely you, then you're just going to meld into the background. Nobody's going to notice you. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's that's particularly challenging where I live here in Japan because Japan is a very like kind of group think uh, society and there you know there's some benefits to that uh, you know they're very efficient uh, they're great at teamwork but uh, yeah they're uh, I used to teach English and um, I they're just scared to stand out you know it's um, you know in America uh, growing up in America it's it's sort of the opposite problem. Uh, I mean, there's a benefit and a drawback. You know, we're we're taught to be independent thinkers and be creative, and you know, so yeah, we get a lot of creative minds that come out of America. But a lot of times, we're terrible at working together as a team or or whatever. You know, uh, so I'm not saying one's better or worse than the other, but yeah, being unique is a challenge in Japan. <laughs> um, but it's great advice. Uh, I I love the the whole talk, and you know, you even you talk about three areas like weirdo, your communications, weirdo, self care, weirdo, your, your thinking. And that one in particular, I think is, was an important point that you make because you talk about this formula that we have in our heads of like hard work uh, will bring success and success will bring happiness that we need to flip that around and start like with happiness. And when you're happy, then That'll lead to, you know, your, I guess your ability to work hard and that will lead to success. You know where that came from, Mark, is I, I, you mentioned in your introduction that I work for this foundation. It's called the Malaysian Innovation Foundation. Uh, and it was uh, part, uh, mainly dealing in grassroots innovations. And this is innovation that is, is uh, created by the grassroots, right? By people in the villages, people in the... Uh, plantations and we would go out and we would go to all these remote villages throughout Malaysia and I've, I've been to all states and I've been to all these little districts to find innovation among these people and what I found was not just innovation but so much joy and happiness among these people who you know to, to the standards of uh, the general 
public would say that they don't have anything. They don't have a job. They don't have a car. They don't have air conditioning in their house. And they don't have anything according to our standards. But there was just so much joy and happiness. And, you know, it just really in my mind and in my heart, uh, I knew that there's something more to life, you know, than just chasing the dollar and this, you know, trying to climb the career ladder. This There's a lot more to that. So, uh, and then I discovered that there's a lot of people who do uh, research on happiness uh, and this happiness is measurable in people regardless of their condition, regardless of their health condition or their financial condition. Uh, people can be happy. So it's not, uh, you know, happiness isn't a result of having what you want, having stuff. Happiness is within you. Uh, and if you, you know, are able to reach it, you can express it. And you can feel it no, no matter what's going on, on externally in your life. Yeah, I agree 100%. Because, uh, you know, I've known plenty of people who had all that stuff that you were talking about with the, you know, the standard that we have in the first world of, you know, oh, a nice car, air conditioning, all that stuff, and are miserable. So that stuff, you know, um, you know I, I know that money can, can help you, uh, but it certainly doesn't guarantee happiness happiness gotta, I, I agree with your 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 ted talk man <laughs> happiness got to come first you know exactly and i i went to extreme on some of my talks because i talked to i gave examples of really really rich people like millionaires billionaires even mm -hmm. and i asked people what do they have in common and nobody could really figure it out but what they had in common was they all killed themselves they all committed suicide so mm -hmm. you need to be supremely unhappy <laughs> if you kill yourself right yeah. life must suck for you but these guys have millions and millions and even billions of dollars so yeah. uh, money does not bring happiness for sure yeah it uh doesn't even guarantee a successful uh marriage uh i mean i don't i don't know all the details but you know bill gates and uh bezos exactly. they're both yeah um wow. like Man, if if the richest guy in the world can't keep a, his his wife happy, I've got no chance at all. <laughs> no, actually, I've got, that's the thing. I wouldn't trade my marriage for a billion dollars. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm ha I'm so happy with uh, um, my life and my wife that you know you could say, all right, you can swap places with Bezos. I'm like, no, nah, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I mean, uh, I think that's a lesson that we need to, to tell young people who are just getting into marriage and getting into relationships uh, that this is the case. Because a lot of, you know, marriages go bust because of this, because of money. Can you imagine that? Yeah. I mean, you and I now know that that's not, it's not it. It, okay. it doesn't even guarantee anything, like you said. But people get divorced because of that and they break off of relationships because of that that's just ridiculous so people need to know that that's it's not it man you need to find something more i agree well uh azif i do a segment on the show uh called five minutes zen and uh it doesn't have to be a zen related that's just what i call it uh it's just practical down-to-earth advice for anyone and everyone um so for you my question for you is what's something real like a daily practice thing that when you're, we talked about confidence and when you're, when your confidence is being challenged by disappointment or failure or unmet expectations, 
uh, when our confidence is taking a hit, what, what do we need to do? Right. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Uh, because <laughs> it still happens, right? Right. On a daily basis, we get hit. Uh, and I have five kids and, you know, I have no problem with confidence. I mean, throughout my life, but having kids, man, that just really puts you out there on the edge and you're just doubting yourself every step of the way. <laughs> Am I doing the right thing? Is this the right thing to do? So, I mean, that, that really hits your confidence. Uh, it does. So I think what people need to do first and foremost is just take a deep breath. I think everybody needs to have that step back moment where you just ground yourself, take deep breaths, and you don't even have to train this or anything. It's just simple deep breaths uh, for five, 10 seconds will really uh, put you in a different headspace because what you thought was the end of all, right? The yeah. end game. Life is not never going to be the same again. It's never that way. It's never as bad as your brain says it is. So if you would just take a moment and breathe, mm. you'll find that, you know, it's not that bad after all. So once you are a little calmer, then you can go through some steps on what is the uh, worst that could happen. I mean, it's, at least that's what I do. I go through you know, the, the thoughts about what's the worst case scenario here? What is the absolute worst case that could happen? Right. And nine times out of 10, I can live with it. I can right. take it. And, so it probably, what, the, right? and probably the worst case scenario doesn't usually happen. Never going to happen. Because <laughs> the next step would be probably to kind of rate the probability. So right. if you say this is like the most, the worst thing that could happen, you answer two questions. Could you live with that? Or what's the probability of that happening? And probability is slim to none, typically, most of the times. And even if it happens, nine times out of ten, I say, I mean, that's not that bad after all, you know. Right, right. Other things are going on in my life. I think I can handle that. So uh, that really grounds me. And, you know, what that leads me to is gratitude because mm -hmm. that's the best part about it. Sometimes I, I kind of hope I'm going to get a hit. Because in those times when you're feeling really down, those are the times that you are grateful when you come out of that. And you feel, oh my goodness, life is great. Life is wonderful. I have so many things going on in my life that are beautiful and wonderful. And sometimes it takes those hits for you to get those realizations. So uh, I count those moments as a blessing. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, it's, it's interesting how many, you know, I, I ask different versions of that question to people who, you know, like yourself are kind of inspirational or leaders or have had success in life. And it's interesting how often it, it will come around to breathing sometimes like, you know, breathe. <laughs> and, yeah. and then, and then, you know, gratitude, like it's interesting that coming from different kinds of background, cultural backgrounds and uh, um, the answers come back to like, be grateful for what you got. Or, or like you said, you know, think about, Think about the worst case scenario. One, can I live with that? Well, yeah, you know, I probably could. And then what's the probability that's going to happen? Well, probably low, actually. You know, so, you know, um, that's, it's good stuff. Um, it does take a little bit of uh, in, intentionality, though, because when, when, when you're hit, like you said, it's hard. It's hard to think straight, right? right. It, you're, you're, you're 
caught up in all of these emotions and, and the fear and you're panicking uh, and it's hard to do that. So I guess this is why breathing gets uh, raised again and again because it really does help regulate the body because your body just wants to run, right? It just wants to flee, just wants to run away uh, and which is why you're feeling this panic. But, uh, you know, breathing definitely helps. You know, I, I lost my job uh, six years ago. Uh, five years ago and it was a job I thought was was the one right? right I was a CEO of an organization I was living the life I had a chauffeur I had a secretary you know I had I had it all so out of the blue the chairman says I no longer have that job because wow. my contract was about to run out and like a couple of days before that he texts me saying that uh, I, I my contract's not going to be renewed that night we we were having like a party. It was a big party. We had tents, right? we had caterers and tents up. So a lot of people were coming to the house. So I looked at, as we were preparing for it. I look at the tents and I said, "If I tell my wife this now, <laughs> she's gonna tear these tents down. Wow. <laughs> she's gonna send everyone home." So I had to suck it in, right? So I had to bite my lip and I had to suck it in for an entire wow. night, entertaining people. But you know what, Mark? That definitely helped me because if I had had gone crazy and I had gone on a bender, right, I would have lost it. So because I was forced to keep this in, when I told my wife late, late, late that night after everyone went home, I was so calm about it and I had gone through those motions. I said, it's not a big deal. We can find another job. So uh, I, I thought I, I, you know, it helped me to become calmer and handle that situation. Yeah, I can't imagine that. Like going to, because you must have been just thinking about it the whole night. I mean, oh, you gotta... yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Wow, it was nuts. But I went from you know being chauffeur driven to having to use my little scooter, 150 cc Honda, to get to to go around and find work. And and you've been to Kuala Lumpur, and I live near the Kuala Lumpur International Airport, which is almost an hour out from Kuala Lumpur, right? And Kuala Lumpur is where the jobs are. So every day I would get on that little scooter and ride for an hour (laughs) (laughs) to get to the city to look for work. Uh, But, you know, it's just the things you have to do. You got to do it. You got to do it. So I did that for months. That's awesome. I'll have to have you on another time just to talk about that. That's a cool story right there. Um, Well, Azif, great stuff, man. Um, you put you put out a lot of positive messages on uh, on LinkedIn. I uh, I bought a jump rope actually yesterday because of you. Wow, <laughs> awesome! Yeah, because I saw one of your recent posts and uh, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I, damn, I need to get a jump rope, man. I, I I used to jump rope like crazy when I was a kid. Um, I went it. I ordered it through Amazon, so it's good. I got another day or two of laying around on the couch before I break it out of the box but you know uh, so many people told me that so many people said because of you i've i've ordered a jump rope or started jumping again uh and this is you know this is the somebody wrote about being an accidental leader and i think this is what's going on here because i didn't set out to be a (laughs) jump rope advocate you know but uh, just because i post posted that uh, and so many people have started and you know i hope I've, i've improved their lives a little bit yeah, well, you had that like you had like day twenty one. You had like oh, yeah. all yeah, and so I'm like yeah, yeah, that because it inspired me because I saw the progress, and I oh, thought because yeah. I thought 
Well, I know actually when that jump rope gets here, the first five minutes are going to be rough. Like when I get, <laughs> I'm aware of that. Hell, it was hell for the first five days for me at least. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I need that. And so, yeah, it's pretty cool. So if, um, yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening to this and, uh, and you need some inspiration, get on LinkedIn and follow uh, Azif Mustafa. I'll put a link in the, in the notes here. Great. Thank um, you so much for the plug. Uh, there's yeah. only one Azif Mustafa on LinkedIn. So if you just Google me, you'll find me. Yep. I, I can vouch for that. <laughs> um, and you can follow us as well. We're in, on Facebook. and at, Well, we're on LinkedIn and then uh, on Facebook as well in a group called The Zen Dog Life. And uh, if you really want to help the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash zen sandwich for as little as three bucks. Um, or you, you, can, you can throw in more. That's fine. But uh, for as little as three bucks, I'll send you a handmade postcard. My wife and I here in Japan, we make uh, washi, Japanese uh, traditional paper. So uh, if you sign up, you get a, a postcard. I'll send you one, Azif, just as a thank you for wow. being on the show. Yeah, after we get off air here, I'll get your, uh, you know, uh, where I can send you a postcard. But, um, yeah, uh, thanks, man. You're, you're a riot, Azif. I, uh, I'll be following you closely on LinkedIn, and I appreciate your time. Nice. Thank you for having me on. I enjoyed it. All right. Stay kind, everyone. Stay kind. <laughs>